Well, it wasn't always pretty, but it is a win. Iowa gets it done. 2013 against Iowa State. The Cyhawk Trophy is back home in Iowa City. We break it down today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are locked on Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Let's more Hawkeye fans get involved with us here today as Iowa gets the win. 2013 against Iowa State, another at times ho-hum effort from the Hawkeyes, but Plenty of positive, certainly, to get into uh, today. As I made my final prediction, we were very close. 17-12 to 12 is the prediction that I had for the football game for Iowa. Iowa gets the win. Iowa gets the cover. And Iowa goes to 2-0 and on the season. So, as we break things down, obviously, a lot of big plays in this one. And a lot of them came from the defensive side of the football. Once again, an incredible game from Cooper DeGene. Just all over the place, though he didn't get an interception. He was just so sterling in the passing game, making it incredibly difficult for those Iowa State receivers, including Jalen Null, who he was all over throughout the course of this one, helping out, making tackles. Opening drive of the football game, Iowa State marches right down the field. They're three for three in their first third down opportunities. And then the Iowa defense stiffens. They get the stop. And then they get the block field goal from Logan Lee. Just a great play from Logan Lee. Great to see him involved. A guy that, you know, he takes up a lot of space. He occupies blockers. It's not exactly the most fun job that he has out there, but he was able to get it done and incredibly impressive from him in the victory for the Hawkeyes. So that is part one of what we saw in this one, uh, obviously getting off the field and then the offense comes down and on a third and one, you know, we've seen Iowa struggle in this situation, not just this season, going back to the Utah State game. And we talked about that convoluted third and one play or fourth and one play that they had a week ago against Utah State. But this is something that has just been an issue. And this is not just a Brian Ferentz thing. This is doesn't matter if you're talking Ken O'Keefe or Greg Davis. This has been a problem for Iowa football for a very long time is converting these third and short fourth and short type of situations, Iowa goes to a little counter look and Jazzy on Patterson gets through the first wave, had a couple of steps on the defender. Now he was ticked, I guess, just nicked a little bit as he was making his way into the clear. Maybe that slowed him down. I thought Jazzy on Patterson had the breakaway speed that he was going to run away. Not the case though. TJ Tampa was the one that chased him down and set up what ultimately became a field goal on that big play. But Iowa gets the offense going. Uh, a lot of good things that we saw, at least early in the football game. I thought the offensive line continued to improve. The pass uh, offensive line against the pass, what they were doing, continues to be one of the high watermarks of this football team. And what we saw there, I have to be confident about what they're doing, keeping a very banged up Cade McNamara clean. Uh, that is an important part of what they're doing defensively. Look, I was, even when they're good and the offense is good, They've struggled to run the football against this Iowa State defense, and it was much of the same here outside of a couple of Patterson runs. Uh, Got to give credit, speaking of the offensive line, to the play of uh, Connor Colby, a guy that was much maligned a year ago when he was playing outside at the tackle position, kicks back inside, and he's been really, really good uh, this season. You know, there's a lot of people that talked about 
on Colby this offseason and, and talking to some talent evaluators. Uh, he's a guy that a lot of people really like. No, he's not going to be a tackle, not going to be a tackle at the next level. But we've talked about this. It, you go back to a year like 2019. And I brought this up a couple of times where every day, as you know, this one, I, I go back to that 2019 team. I believe they they left a division championship at minimum on the board there. And I think they were talented enough to have a real good shot in the Big Ten championship game. They didn't get it done and they didn't get it done that season because the guard play was awful. And the guard play has been really bad for Iowa for a really long time. That year in 2019, they had Tristan Wirfs on one side, Alaric Jackson on the other, and Tyler Linderbaum in the middle. But the guard play was bad. And because of that, they couldn't run the football well enough. And in big games against good opponents, that definitely showed up a bunch of different times. So that's what we uh, saw in this one. Improved play from the guards. Running game still not great, but it's a work in progress. You know, it would be great to see what this team looked like with the healthy Cade McNamara guy that, though he's not a scrambler, he's not an RG3. He's not a Michael Vick. He's not a player like that, but he's got some wiggle to him. He's a guy that is just so smart. You go back to the year that he led Michigan to a Big Ten championship in the college football playoff, and you see a guy that understands, A, how to move in the pocket, and we've seen that even with the limited reps that he's able to do and the limited mobility that he has at this time. He, he's such a smart guy. He really is, and he is a player that you look at and definitely can understand. If he's healthy, I think this offense would have a little bit more, but the reality is, that's not the case. That's not the case right now. Uh, Iowa, a few other things that we got to bring up in the football game and what we saw. Mentioned Cooper DeGene and his outstanding play. Just absolutely great. Jazzy on Patterson becomes the star of the offense. Yep, McNamara uh, throws the interception, but look, it turned out to be basically like a punt. He was taking a shot up the field, and Nico Rocchini was pulled down. Now, that went both ways. Iowa, in fact, not penalized in this football game, not a, a taken penalty in the football game, something that's incredibly rare. Yet for Iowa, this is the second time in the last five games that this has happened, going back to the Minnesota game a year ago. They were also not penalized in that football game. These are those little things that you do. Iowa State, Matt Campbell has a lot of adages, a lot of the cliches or, or those terminologies that he likes to throw out. And he likes to talk about winning in the margins and winning in the dark and, and things like that. And like they might look good on a T-shirt. What do they mean in the grand scheme of things? Not a whole lot, because as much as he say, says those things, this is not a program that has actually done those things for the most part. Iowa football does. The Hawkeyes do do those things. It's not about having a moniker. It's not about having a quip and a soundbite. It's about actually doing it. And that's how Iowa football continues to win games like this, where you get a lead, you sit on it, you eke it out. Should have been closer than it was, absolutely. You got the two fourth quarter cut touchdowns now that the defense has given up. This team is incredibly close to being talked about defensively like they were a season ago. Gave up that opening drive, and until the drive in the fourth quarter, that took way too much time. I was up in the football game. Looks like they're going to coast in. 20-6 to win. And they're just sitting on the football, just eating time, letting the clock run down, and trying to eke one out themselves. Look, Iowa was not going to give up the big play. Phil Parker had things absolutely lined up. And though they gave up the touchdown on that uh, drive that made it 2013, were you ever really nervous about it? I, I wasn't. 
I just wasn't. And even with Iowa's inability to run the football and salt away the victory, you just never had that feeling that Iowa State was ultimately going to come back. And the Cyclone fans thought the same thing because we saw them exiting the building for the second straight year in Ames. We saw a bunch of that. Iowa State fans filing out of Jack Trice Stadium. And I'll tell you, that's pretty good to see. Well, next week it is Western Michigan. Western Michigan is awful. Absolutely brutal. We'll continue to break down the game. If you're watching with us live on YouTube, you can also hit us up with your comments. Throw along your comments here, and we will talk a little bit about Iowa. Getting the job done 20-13. to 13. Some big questions also for next week as they prepare two weeks away from the matchup against Penn State, which will be an absolute monster. We're going to talk about that a little bit more and an opportunity for Iowa with an opponent like Western Michigan does it make sense for Iowa to go a different way? We know right now Cade McNamara is not completely healthy. This is not the guy that you anticipate we're going to see throughout the course of the season. This is not the guy that we thought we were getting when he went into the transfer portal and brought him in. Does a week off do him good? We'll get into that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5. You're going to get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Hey, you want to get your team in your market and it's not on locally, this is the way to do it. NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Moving over now, this is the first year over at YouTube TV. Now it's the best time to join FanDuel. The app, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and a whole lot more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Trent kind of back with you once again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So as we take a look forward, they're 2-0. Great. Got it done. Defense looking salty. Nick Jackson had some rough moments again early on. I thought improved as the game went. He continued to be a step slow on a couple of the plays early on. You saw them targeting him a whole lot. Deshaun Lee, same thing. I mean, doesn't come as a surprise that they're going to go after the the uh, redshirt freshman cornerback into Sean Lee. I thought he held up pretty well overall, though, in the football game. And now we'll get to see Jamari Harris back after his two-game suspension for looked like uh, the gambling suspension that he is going through. So Harris will be out there. You know, what direction does Iowa go? Well, this is a great one. Against a Western Michigan team that was blown out by Syracuse. A pretty average Syracuse team, a Syracuse team that certainly didn't come in with very big expectations into the season, and they fell hard. Syracuse went for over 500 yards. They won it 48-7, to 28 points in the second quarter. They're up in this football game 45-7 to at the half. You look at that and you say, okay, this is one where Iowa should get the offense rolling, should be able to get the run game going should do everything that they want to and welcome Jamari Harris back, figure out what they're going to do with Lee. Does he remain the starter? Does Harris get that job back? There's a lot of things that Iowa still needs to button up as they prepare two weeks from now against Penn State. The other part of this, though, that you wonder is, of course, about what Iowa does with Cade McNamara. I don't know, and I don't know if we know if the doctors even know 
if they completely keep him off his feet this week. Continue the rehab. Continue to do everything you can for the quad injury. And you go that direction. You say, you know what? Let's see if we can get him right. Let's see if we can get Cade McNamara. If a week off is something that's going to be healthy. And after the Western Michigan game, starting on Sunday, when they get back out there, if you go that direction, you say, you know what? We're going to go, and we're going to have McNamara then be ready to go after a week off. Now, if it's going to help, if it's something you believe is going to help, I think you have to go that direction. Or you get them ready, do what you can, do what you did this week. Kirk Ferentz mentioned it in the pregame show on the Hawkeye Radio Network. I also heard rumblings, and we passed those along to you that he was feeling better going into this game than he did a week previous in the matchup against Utah State. You get Deacon Hill ready. He's going to be the starter, maybe even Joe Labus, as he has worked his way back from injury and has been out there now for a couple of weeks practicing, whoever it is. And you say, you know what? Against this bad Western Michigan team, we know you don't want to disrespect an opponent, but Cade McNamara, sit out, take a week off, get right, and get as good as you can as they make that road trip to Penn State. I think it makes a whole lot of sense, and I believe it's going to be a conversation piece. Now, we know Cade McNamara wants to be out there. We know that Cade McNamara does not want to sit out, and we know that that's something that he is just such a gamer, such a guy that doesn't want to take the easy way out, if you will. It's going to be difficult to, I'm sure, for the coaching staff, if they do want to go that direction, to even talk him into it. But you got to be the adult. you got to be the coach. You got to say this is the way it's going to be, and ultimately for Iowa. And what looks to be a season where they have a real opportunity to make their way back to Indianapolis, this is right there. You look at the Big Ten West. What happened tonight? Wisconsin goes on the road. They get beat by an above average, a decent Washington State team. They were down in the football game throughout. And ultimately, Washington State was able to salt it away with a late touchdown and win it 31-22. Illinois on Friday night. They look bad for the first half against Kansas. And though they made it respectable on the scoreboard, they were close to the Kansas Jayhawks. Yes, Kansas has improved. Lance Leipold's done a nice job. Yada, yada, yada. That, that's all well and good. But come on. Illinois, I thought, was going to be the third team after Iowa, Wisconsin. That next tier, I started with the Illini. They got a long ways to go. You continue in the West. Minnesota. They got the win against Eastern Michigan, it didn't look pretty. There were some struggles in that one. Kyle Kamanis throws for 117 yards and an interception. The passing game's not very good. They relied on Taylor just pounding the football. 33 carries for 193 yards from Darius Taylor, but not an impressive performance against an average MAC team in Eastern Michigan. Who else? Purdue? <laughs> Purdue loses in week one. Week two, they go on the road to Vodtech and get the win in the win Adel game. We saw Nebraska, of course, in the big matchup against Colorado, though the defense is pretty salty and played well for a half. That offense is an absolute train wreck. This division sucks. Let's be frank. This division is awful. And if Iowa can't win this division, yeah. woof, 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 woof. Penn State first, and then... It'll get a little bit more difficult uh, as they make their way through. But Penn State, that's how they're going to open up the conference season. We got a little bit more here on the live reaction show here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Again, if you got some comments, we will take those for you here. Hit them up on the comment section on YouTube as we react to an Iowa win 2013 over Iowa State. How concerned should we be with the struggles that we've seen? And, of course, the big storyline nationally continues to be 
Brian Ferentz. Six points off the pace right now. A 44 combined points for the Hawkeye offense through the first two games of the season. Needs to get to that 25 number. And does the 25 points per game really matter for Brian Ferentz? We'll talk about that as we come back here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's Instant Reaction podcast is brought to you by Game Time and the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and get started and getting hyped up for the fun that you're going to have in whatever event that you're going to forget planning months in advance game time. They have deals on tickets right up until the day of the event, exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and a whole lot more at that game time guarantee. That means you'll always get the best price. You'll find tickets in the same section or row for less game time. This is what they're going to do for you. They will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets you want without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Try kind of back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So as we put a cap on things, Iowa gets the win. They're two and zero. It feels like, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> oh, easy for me to say. Need a little swig here. And uh, we're out of Swarm Gold Nail, so we got a soda. Apologies. So Iowa gets a win. Wasn't pretty, but this is the lockbox, and and we talk about this a lot. I would just does this so often, right? Well, they go out there, they put it in, you get the lead, and they sit in it. That ridiculous number that they had up on the TV broadcast, where Iowa is what was the number fifty eight and two, sixty four and two, something like that, when they have an eight plus point lead over the last six or seven years. I mean, it's just a ridiculous number, but that's the style of play, and going to be frustrating, absolutely. It's not about stats. It's not about numbers. It's about winning football games. And as much as it can be incredibly difficult to watch this team, there are times it's boring. And the commercial break breaks uh, during the game in the second half. We had some friends over at the house, and kids are running around. And they're having a great time, and I was cruising. And I was, for a while, more intrigued by what was happening in the U.S. Open. Women's tennis. I'm not even a big tennis fan. It was just watching Coco Golf got me more excited because it's boring. But winning shouldn't be boring. And we shouldn't take for granted what we have in terms of the victory. You've seen the numbers over the last five years. Iowa has one of the top 10 mo- uh, most amount of victories in all of college football. And you stack them up and what they've been able to do. And yes, we want more. And yes, we want to have an entertaining product. But wins, they got to count for something. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing. I get that. And like I said, there's times that you get bored with it. But I was there in the stands in the late 90s. My freshman year at Iowa was sitting in the stands and watching Hayden Fry's final season as things collapsed and they finished up the year three and eight. And during Kirk's first couple of years and the long losing streak that they had, 
and how bad it was. We've seen what happened to Iowa men's basketball, the way that that cratered. You went from a bad hire in Steve Alford, you made it worse with Todd Licklider, and just how bad it got. We shouldn't take wins for granted, yet we do it from time to time. So as we talk about the big national narrative, it is Brian Ferentz and the 25 points per game. And one thing that I have to warn everybody out there, yes, if he doesn't have Iowa and help them to seven wins this season, which seems like a foregone conclusion, but also if they don't get to that 25 points per game, and yes, the defensive scores do count towards that, but if it doesn't happen, well, his contract's not going to be renewed. He is going to be not terminated. That's not the terminology that is used. But the contract is not going to re-up automatically. But let's be honest. If Iowa goes 10-2, and makes a great game against Penn State or Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game and falls just short, goes on and wins a bowl game, and they finish 11-3, and and they don't get to that 25 points per game, do you really believe that Brian Ferentz is not going to get a different contract? I mean, come on. We have to use a little bit a mental fortitude here to understand that he is going to be back, that we're going to see, yes, Brian Ferentz is going to be back as the offensive coordinator, even if he doesn't hit that plateau. If Kirk wants to come back and he wants his son back, it's going to happen. If Beth Getz becomes the permanent athletic director, and what a job by her going to the Swarm event over at Exile Brewing here in Des Moines on Friday night, tip of the ball cap, and shaking hands and getting people to sign up, she gets it. She understands the changing dynamic of college athletics, something certainly we did not see from Gary Barta. And if she ultimately gets that job and becomes that person, and one of her first things that she would have to do on the job is to say, no, sorry, Kirk, you're a Hall of Fame coach, but you're not able to have the offensive coordinator you want? Whew. That'll be ugly. Live in reality, and the reality is, even if Iowa doesn't get there but has an incredibly successful season, Brian Ferentz is going to be back as the offensive coordinator. To Hawkeye State, once again, Iowa gets the win 2013 against Iowa State. Also gets the cover for people that wagered on the Hawkeyes to get it done. Congratulations to you if you had that ticket. And it got to be feeling good about that. Mentioned throughout the summer months, those lines were up. Iowa was an underdog in this game against Iowa State going back to May. That was crazy. Hope you jumped aboard with me at that time and grabbed yourself an Iowa ticket. You could get one and a half, but of course they win the game by seven. Went off as a four-point favorite. Iowa with the win and the cover and right around the number, but just under once again, and there's plenty of people, uh, Aaron Blom maybe included, are happy about the under ticket cashing for the Hawkeyes. It's Western Michigan this week before the behemoth matchup. It'll be a night game, a whiteout at State College. With Iowa and Penn State, the Hawkeyes, the last time they played there in a whiteout, it went well. I was there in Beaver Stadium, and what a night that was going back to 2009 as Iowa got it down on the Adrian Claiborne block. Fred Wegger, he was outstanding that game as Iowa moved their way up the rankings. Let's hope for more, but we still got a couple of weeks before that. A tune-up game against Western Michigan, and I think that Cade McNamara, before we hear from the Iowa players and Kirk Ferentz on Tuesday. I think that's going to be something that's going to be talked about a whole lot more. We will be back with you on Monday, a breakdown of the numbers from Pro Football Focus. We will get into that. LaShawn Daniels is set to join us next week once again. Love the insight from the former Hawkeye running back. He will be back with us next week. And Jace promised that he will be back for his debut edition 
uh, here on the podcast side of things for the new football season. Work got in the way, and then he took a trip with our buddies, and they went down to Charleston. Jay says he'll be back next week. He wants to yell about Brian Ferentz. He's got some positive takes. Uh, there might be some fur flying in that one. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Network. Iowa, the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, but it doesn't matter what your team is. NFL, MLB, might be a Twins fan like myself. Excited about a team that's going to get in the playoffs. Now can we end that playoff losing streak? Get ready for the NFL schedule. Full tilt coming up here later on Sunday. We will break it down as only Lockdown can can with your team every day. Doesn't matter if it's the Bears, the Texans, the Jaguars, Chargers, everything in between. We got you covered. NBA, NHL, your team every day. Lockdown bets, Lockdown fantasy football. Guys do a great job with that as well. We'll be back with you again on Monday with more Locked On Hawkeyes, your team every day. Thanks for stopping by here on a late night instant reaction podcast. Iowa, a winner 2013 against Iowa State. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Go Hawks.